Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mental Health Monday is an informational podcast and should not be used to replace the specialized training and professional judgment of a healthcare or mental health care professional. Mental Health Monday can't be held responsible for the use of the information provided. Please always consult a trained mental health professional before making any decision regarding treatment of yourself or others. Self-help information and podcasts and information on the internet is useful, but it's not always a substitute for professional assistance. Unless otherwise noted, guests of Mental Health Monday are not doctors or licensed in any way. Our hope is to make a connection with you and be more open and honest about everyone's mental health. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, what's up and welcome to another Mental Health Monday. I'm Riggs. Thanks for checking it out. I got a lot of positive feedback from last week, so I guess people enjoy this and it's something I'm going to continue to do. Uh, In upcoming episodes, I'm talking to some awesome people. I met the uh, chief clinical officer for Rogers Behavioral Health. We break down things like obsessive compulsive disorder, anxiety. We'll have another doctor on to break down depression eating disorders, all sorts of things that affect not just everybody, but men in the mental health field. So I look forward to having those in future episodes of Mental Health Monday. And as always, if you ever like to be a guest or you know somebody who could be a guest, maybe you'd like to share your story. We do have a lot of people that want to share their stories on Mental Health Monday because I think it's all about sharing stories and also giving some information and some resources, some solutions as well. You can always reach out to me. It's my website is rigsradio.me. There's a contact page. You can send me an email through there. This week, we're talking to two veteran friends of mine, Joe T., who is a trainer at the Wack and Greenfield, served in the Army, has dealt with some PTSD, anxiety, depression, even some other issues that he's never really opened up about until today on Mental Health Monday. We'll talk to him in a few. Dan Newberry, who's a gentleman that you probably met on a previous podcast for Father's Day. Dan uh, served in the Army as well and has his battles as well with depression and anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder. Two veterans on the podcast today. Now, you don't have to be a veteran to have PTSD, although those two are pretty synonymous with one another, veterans and PTSD. Anyone who has suffered a severe traumatic life event, something very jarring and visceral, can suffer from PTSD. Anyone who was a victim of domestic violence, rape, sexual assault, physical abuse, tragic life events like a car accident, a natural disaster, God forbid, a terrorist attack, maybe a sudden death in the family, uh, emergency or first response Responders can have PTSD as well. Children who were neglected or abused, anybody can have post-traumatic stress disorder. Some of the symptoms can be panic attacks, physical symptoms, feeling of mistrust, anger, substance abuse, relationship problems. It's incredibly complex. So I figured we'd talk to a couple people who have tackled it head on this week for Mental Health Monday. 16 million Americans are affected by post-traumatic stress disorder. You're not alone. 
and there's always somebody you can reach out to and help. And there's tons of resources online. I would recommend mentalhealthamerica.net. I think it's a great website with a lot of awesome resources. That's where I get a lot of my information and find a lot of the guests for Mental Health Monday. And if you ever feel like you're in crisis and need help, there's always somebody listening. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is one 800 273 8255. And if you're too shy about calling, you can always text hello to 741741. I'll leave that number a couple times. It's important to leave it just in case. Let's talk to Dan Newberry. Get into Mental Health Monday. Now, you served in the Army for how long now? So, almost nine years. So, it was like eight years and uh, like eight years and eight months, something like that. Okay. Yeah, not really good at math, but <laughs> no. That's all right. I don't math um, well either. Yeah, right. So, yeah. So, um, Army veteran, airborne infantry. Um, did two tours in Iraq. So when you came back, you were one of the veterans that has the famous PTSD. Yes, yes, the old infamous PTSD. Yes, the, the ever the never ending um, that, injury that really doesn't go away. Right. Is that something you were diagnosed with, or is it just something yeah. you kind of know you have? No, I was. Di- I was. I'm diagnosed for it. Okay. I'm uh, uh, medically disabled for it as well. What is that? What does it actually mean? post-traumatic stress disorder so that means that um it is it is essentially a you've experienced something traumatic in your life right you've been to war you have a mental and physical reaction to that uh memory right your ptsd can be exacerbated by anything such as high levels of stress Uh uh-huh um depression um I was going to ask, are there certain things that can trigger it? Yep, there's there's certain activities that can trigger it. A uh-huh. lot of a lot of times, um, it's it's brought on by um, just just bouts of depression. So did it hit you pretty heavy as soon as you got back, or was there a little bit of a lull? Like, a, is there a honeymoon phase when you get back from war, and you're kind of like happy? And no, then... it's it's one of those things that happens immediately. Right. Um, what happens is you it it's it scars you. It, it gives you a scar that you can't see. Um, mine. You know, mine pretty all started in June of 2005 when I was first hit by an IED. Yeah. And um, the memory of that day bothered me pretty much every single day for the remember of my career, but I, I, I buried it. Sure. Well, know? people have tried to kill me exactly zero times. I can't imagine. For right. You. <laughs> so then, you know, and then you have this um, thing where you're always on edge because you lived a, a good, predominantly... I lived my my entire young adult life in war or surrounded by death. Always on your teals, always. Yeah. So you know you 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 mix that all together, and that that feeling just doesn't go away. It gets ingrained in you, and it gets embedded in you, and you just don't let it go. Um, I think you know some people deal with it differently. Yeah. I'm able to. Um, I wasn't well. Now I'm able to manage it better than I did right. before. Initially, you manage it negatively with the yes. stereotypical drinking, yep. uh, too much, probably eating too much, yep. shit, all that stuff. I did Just all the treating things. Your, treating your body like shit. Right, really. right. You know, there's a there's a lot of truth to eating your feelings. Yeah. Um, and then you know what what happens is you know so you now you you have this, but then you also have this um, separation, uh, anxiety, and this depression from from leaving the service, especially if you're not ready for it. Sure. Um, Is that because you were kind of in a group of people? You had a, a group of brothers yeah, you were you, with, very com- a lot of camaraderie? You have a community, mm-hmm. and then you have a means to keep you occupied. Yeah. Um, and then when you, when you get out, that goes away. It could be rather abrupt. Um, some people, you know, they'll, they plan to to you know, end their time in service, yeah. and they, they have a little bit of a plan getting out, but they're still... 
there's still things that bother them. And then there's guys who it, it abruptly ends and now they're just thrown into a different uh, society than they're used mm-hmm. to. So and that can make everything 10 times worse. And you started to positively manage your PTSD and yep. that depression with physical fitness, right? Yep. That's yep. how you got Absolutely. it. So um, I've always been uh, interested in, in fitness. Yeah. It was my, that was kind of my, my reputation when I was in the military. Um, it wasn't always my reputation, but it became my reputation. Um, my second deployment, I really fell in love with it. Yeah, it's all there was to do. We were living, you know, in the amongst the people within their own communities, and then we had little weight benches and stuff set up at the houses we were staying in. They were called joint security stations. Yeah, and I got really into exercising. So essentially, you're like in, you're in prison pretty much. Yeah. So, and then I loved it, and that's kind of how I use. I ended my day. I I began my day with physical fitness and I ended my day with physical fitness when you came back yep yeah and then while I you know injured my back and then I found myself not exercising as much anymore sure now my mind is is taking over it came back a little bit so resurfaced so then and then when I got out um you know I, I was struggling to find work I was going through all those typical things that happen when you're in a change of life. Do you think a lot of veterans struggle with that same thing when they get back? I do. And that's fortunate. I do. Um, I see it day in and day out within my work. Um, I see it a lot just just talking to other service members that I've met through, you know, social media or guys that I've served with. I think there's a big similarity in all of us when we get out. There's a big gap in in how to take those skills that you've acquired in the military and then then apply them into, into regular everyday society. Sure. You were a sergeant or a lieutenant right. or whatever. How are you going to apply that to be loading pallets at this right, office? Right. Or so how are you going to be a receptionist at, or greeting people at Walmart? Right. And, and, you know, I don't think, me personally, I'm not going to be a very good Walmart greeter. No, you're not. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm probably going to tell you to hurry up and get out or stay off the grass. So I don't, <laughs> you yeah, know. I the don't, typical old man thing. Yeah. Um, so I spent a better part of the first three years. Yeah. Um, incredibly depressed just and and just anxious and always waiting for the worst to happen and um you know re- replaying things that's happened in my head and then you know I would reach out to other veteran organizations but I really didn't find a whole lot of support there because veteran because ex- yes we all served in the military but yeah. our experiences differ mm-hmm. you know there's a, there's guys that you know they're older than I am but they 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 were in during peacetime you know Somebody was a chef or a cook. Right. The or only time like they that, heard they a were... gunshot was when they had their earplugs in. You know, they didn't. Right. They didn't actually. Uh, Nobody you know. was in combat. Some right. Of these guys. Right. But they'll all tell you they would. <laughs> sure. But you think some of the depression comes from missing that, like not having that anymore. Uh, yeah. Just kind of and longing that, to be that, in that situation that, that still. Community and yeah. that and, and you and it's a, you have a, you have a bond you have a, you have a bond that's 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 forged through sacrifice yeah. that's forged through um you know a common a common ground that you know at any moment we are ready to take the call right yeah. you know so you're as strong as your weakest link and and you you're a team and you're a unit you have yeah. camaraderie right you know where did you where did you dig deep where did you find your strength not only with the physical fitness but there's what what else was keeping you going and lifting you up and bringing you out of the depression and helping you kind of manage your mental illness that you're going through um, what was it there was a couple factors there um, somebody said something to me and they said you know just because your military service is over doesn't mean your life is over um, 
so that was one thing that yeah that struck a chord sure and then of course my my family yeah you know my family has your wife has been a constant throughout your entire service right good and bad you know she so we met in high school Uh uh-huh she tolerated me then yep she tolerated me in the army <laughs> and she tolerates all my nonsense today. So yeah. she was always there. She, I mean, she was, she was, she's seen the very worst and of me and then she's, yeah. you know, seen me at my best. And I think that's rare in today's society. Everyone's a lot of relationships are throwaway relationships. They can say, I don't want to deal with this. It's right. too much. Throw your hands up and leave. Yeah, It's easy. Which it, probably makes it worse for both people. Right. Somebody in your situation being vulnerable or another yep. veteran being vulnerable. Now their wife has left them. Now yep. they're dealing with that as well. Yeah. So the, you get these things that just they just compound on you. Did you, you ever know? reach out and ask for help to somebody? Because men have a men have an issue of dealing with and asking for help. Because you don't you don't want to admit your weakness. I'll never forget it. I was, um, I was working in the funeral business at the time. Mm-hmm. When I first got out, it was really hard to find work. So I'm I'm being an apprentice. And I'm getting paid like you know. 10 bucks an hour to go pick up dead people and learn it how seems to like a, That seems like a positive place for a veteran to be working. <laughs> terrible. It's a terrible <laughs> idea. But, you know, I was using my Montgomery GI Bill and it, sure. was, it was helping me put food on the table at the time, you know, because we were, I mean, we were a dirt proer. And I can remember uh, a father and a son had passed away and it brought back, you know, a vivid, a vivid experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remembered I didn't want to take part in the, in the preparation and the care of these two individuals. Because and of the PTSD kind of bringing that back up yeah, a little bit? Yeah, the smell of blood. It was just really bad, just a yeah. bad mix, you okay. know? And, um, and I remember I didn't want to work in it and I was getting like, kind of like forced to go do it and I was being talked down to um, by people that didn't have as much life experience as I did and didn't understand my position or where I was coming from. But I can remember I just got so enraged and that's part of it. You know, you, you have this, you're quick to get angry. Mm-hmm. And I remember I stormed out and I just left and I went to, um, I went to the VA mm-hmm. and I walked up to the metal mental clinic and I said, um, somebody help me right now. I need to talk to somebody right now. And did they? Yep. That's great. It was, somebody was there to talk. It was immediate. It was immediate. They put me in a room and I, they gave me a caseworker right away. Yeah. And then they sent me to, um, uh, another clinic, which had a little bit more extensive psychiatric care. I didn't like stay overnight or anything, but was it hard to swallow your pride as a man then go and ask for help? Cause that's what a lot of men deal with. Yeah. A lot of men I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed to tell people where I went. I was embarrassed to tell people where I was going. Um, you know, I told a few people that were close to me that supported me, you know, um, but I still, and then I started going on a regular basis and I would hide it. I hid it from people. And I had, at the time I had a group of friends that were like, you know, they're, they're so-called quote unquote bikers. You know, they just watched a whole lot of Sons of Anarchy. Right. <laughs> but I watch Easy Rider, man. I, 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 I remember when I had mentioned to them that I was seeing somebody, they uh, mocked me really you know, behind my back thinking that I wouldn't know about it. They, you know, they would tell my family members that, Oh, you know, he chose to be in the service. He chose this life. You know, he needs to get, grow up and he needs to get over it when these, you know, and it's like, you know, man, you, you've spent your entire life pretending to be a tough guy. Yeah. I had to be a tough guy and there's a big difference there. So, 
And those guys are probably the ones that need maybe even more help than you do. Absolutely. Because if they're in a denial situation where they're right. mocking somebody that's getting help and reaching out for help, right? And the fact that you're able to rise above that and be stronger—that's yep. a big testament to you as a as a human being, as a man, as a as a, as a person. So I think, I think people who judge others for reaching out to get help, for people who say things like, you know, uh, suicide is is for is for the selfish and weak. I think they're just incredibly uneducated on mental health issues in this country. Um, you said, was this the source to you unfriending, <clears throat> losing some friends on Facebook this week? You said, yeah, yeah, there's, there's been, uh, you know, well, this, this past week, there's been some, um, high profile suicides. Yeah. High profile suicides. And, people you know would say things like it's for cowards or this and that and that's mighty brave of you to say on a keyboard sure. but why don't you say that to that grieving spouse why don't you say that to that grieving brother that sister that son that daughter you know are they cowards are mm-hmm. they weak do they deserve those comments no they're 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 in a complete state of denial and 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 disunderstanding of what is going on they want the pain to end right right and that's what they do so so you know let's have consideration for the people that has lost that loved one to suicide sure. first and foremost because yeah. they're still living and to badger them and to and to make s- ridiculous comments um they those people are enablers and they are the number one reason why we still have mental health health issues in this country i i, I agree with you 100 percent. and the only way that you can break that stigma is by having conversations like this right and i would challenge any one of them anybody to sit down face to face with me and say that my brother was a coward or my brother was weak. And you lost your brother to suicide as well. Absolutely. I think when you say that, Dan, I don't think you're saying it as a confrontational thing as to wanting to fight them. I think you're saying it as a place to let's have a conversation and I'll I'll explain to you why it's not cowardly. I will educate you. Yeah. And I will educate you. It's it's no different than this. If you have a headache, you take Tylenol to to end that headache. Mm -hmm. Um, You go and have surgery Let's say you tear your hamstring or break a rib, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you take prescription medicine to mask that pain, and you want that pain to end, correct? Yeah. Suicide is the ultimate pain ender. Mm-hmm. You'll never feel pain again, and that's and that's it. You know, I've been on that other side of the spectrum where I was sitting in my kitchen floor, um, ready to swallow every pill that I had at the time, emptying a bottle of yeah. whiskey and or whatever. Yeah, and you know, at that moment, I just wanted that pain in my in my heart and in my head to go away. Yeah, you know, um, I'm fortunate to be here. I'm lucky enough to be here. And losing someone to suicide taught me a very valuable lesson. Yeah, my pain goes away. But if I would have done that, my children would have carried that pain. My mm. my wife would have carried that pain. My friends, my family. You know, so. Yeah. So I, I challenge anyone. I say, you know, if you're going to make these comments, why don't you sit down with somebody who's lost someone to suicide or yeah. someone who's contemplated suicide and why don't, you, why don't you seek to understand them instead of making comments yes. that are just completely disrespectful. Belittling it, yeah. Right. The other thing I noticed was people saying, uh, you know, two celebrities lose their lives to suicide but 22 veterans die every day and nobody bats an eye and i don't think it's about let's i don't think it's about marginalizing and saying one is more important than the other i think it's it's a general there's a suicide problem it's on the rise absolutely you don't say um you don't say that you know 100 veterans get lung cancer every single day but then one person gets lung cancer you know but you know you're comparing apples and oranges that's ridiculous um i was tagged in some of those because i'm a veteran so they assume that i should just jump all over that 
but I don't. No. Um, uh, suicide is suicide. It doesn't matter who does it. It doesn't judge. Um, doesn't discriminate. Uh, it is mental illness. It right. doesn't discriminate age. It doesn't discriminate right. how much money you make. Absolutely. discriminate what you do for a living. You could be traveling the world, cooking for people. You could be a guy that cleans up. You right. Know. Anytime you're dealing with something that causes death, death is fair. Yeah. It happens to everybody. So um, to to sit there and try to put a, a class behind it is ridiculous. True. Um, rather, it, it, it doesn't matter what you did in your lifetime. There's there's veterans that commit suicide that have nothing to do with PTSD. Sure. You know, there, there maybe there was a veteran that was in for a couple of years, didn't really do much, you know whatever got his experience when i went to school did something else but now his life's in shambles that's not because he was a veteran you know so we let's not classify things um suicide is suicide it mm. affects every all walks of life yeah let's not devalue just because this person you know was well known let's not devalue what has happened to him and and let's not um you know hurt his family right let's not devalue the person right. or the 120 some people that die every day from suicides so. right you know, nobody's and nobody's glorifying it, and no. nobody's um, trying to make it, you know, a, a fad or anything like that. It's just, um, it's a serious mental illness, mm-hmm. and it's time that people pay as much attention to that as cancer or as kidney disease, kidney or disease, prostate cancer, or all that stuff, melanoma, prostate whatever. Cancer. You know this. <laughs> There's always some new walk out there for something, yeah. you know. So, I mean, this is just as important, and we shouldn't be calling these people that have either committed, you know, that have committed suicide or have attempted suicide cowards are weak. Right. They're hurt. Mm-hmm. So let's help them. Dan, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for your service for our country. Thank you for what you do as a friend, what you do for the community with your 22 Fitness. Yeah, of course. People can find you online with 22 Fitness, correct? That's what yep. you've, you're kind of your mission now, which is yep. a great mission. Uh, where you're helping out veterans and you're helping them with gym memberships and getting them mm-hmm. out of the swing of going to the bar and getting them into the gym and lifting yep. bars instead of going to the bar, which is a great a great slogan. I commend you for doing that, and I'm glad that I'm a part of it, and thank you for coming on today. Appreciate Absolutely, you. thank Appreciate you. Appreciate having a candid discussion about mental health. Yeah, or, yeah I, I tend to be straightforward, so that's sure, why I hurt some feelings today. That's why I wanted to talk to you. <laughs> Thanks to Dan. Again, I want to be clear, if we do make mention of suicide or even talk about it, I do want to give the number 1-800-273-8255, or you can text CONNECT, HELP, HELLO, any of those words to 741-741. It's not worth ending your life. There's always help. There's always somebody listening. Next on Mental Health Monday, we talk to a guy that I've been training with at the WAC, the Wisconsin Athletic Club in Greenfield, for the past probably year and a half, Joe Tolotsko a trainer, a father, former Army, former crisis management, Walworth County Sheriff's Department. The guy's done a lot. And like many veterans, he's come back with some post-traumatic stress disorder and some other issues that he deals with on a day-to-day basis. We talked to him about his struggle for Mental Health Monday. All right, well, thanks for coming on my Mental Health Monday segment. I wanted to talk to you because you've specifically dealt dealt with uh, mental health personally and both with other people. So... What is your history with that? Um, kind of to throw myself out there. Um, anxiety, depression, obsessive compulsive. Are you diagnosed with this or are you self-diagnosed with this? Like have you gone to a psychologist? I just started the, the whole kit and caboodle, uh-huh. uh, the process with it, because over the last year I um, had some moments that uh, you don't realize how, how much it gets to you, but it does. Um, something I think a lot of people have come at them but they don't really realize is the different forms of PTSD because yeah. even though I've been in um, the military and law enforcement 
mine actually dates back to when I was younger, and a lot of people don't know this, from sexual assault. For you? Yeah. So how old were you when that happened? Like much younger, like teenage, preteen? Uh, single digits. I'm, I'm noticing a lot of people that have issues with mental illness. It all goes, it stems back to something from when they were much younger. If it's something traumatic like that, or maybe they were treated oddly in high school, or they were bullied in high school, or something like that. But somebody like me, I had like a bunch of friends turning against me in high school. So I think some of my anxiety and my depression came from a, a abandonment of friends when I was in high school. I talked about that a little bit on the last podcast. Absolutely. So I think it all stems from things that happen when you're much younger because it doesn't just happen overnight. Yeah. What What is your biggest struggle, do you think, personally? Um, do you think it's your PTSD or do you think it's all kind of intertwined as one big thing? Hey, I, I think all of it's kind of a... I, I've described it as a ball of yarn. A ball of yarn, okay. <laughs> because all of it's there. Yeah. It, everything's there. It's just... It's so tangled in your head that sometimes you don't realize how much it affects you. Uh-huh. But... Like I said, it's almost like a puzzle that you haven't even put together. You have all these pieces, and you may have some of it together, um, but rarely do you ever find everything you need all at once. And I think because of that, you have components of your life. And for me, I've struggled with image issues because of it. And anybody that knows me knows that I run myself into the ground working out. Yeah. And a lot of that deals with the fact that I was bigger when I was younger. And I don't know if this is why I did it or not, but maybe the reason why um, through my teenage years why I struggled so much with weight is because I was trying to create an image which was less than desirable because of what had happened to me when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you didn't want to be assaulted anymore. You thought maybe if I look bigger or if I don't look attractive, I won't be assaulted. Essentially, that's yeah. how your brain was working. I mean, I, I don't know the, the, psycho- yeah, the psychology behind right. it as far as my mind, but um, maybe that's why it is. Now I'm the exact opposite. I'm, I use that as a positive to help myself and other people. All right. Um, so how do you cope with it personally when you feel anxious you I mean you've told me before you had like you've walked outside and had an anxiety attack how do you deal with it uh the healthy ways in the past or how I do it now or do you want both <laughs> I want both yes <laughs> all right um when I when I was in law enforcement a lot of times drinking and that never leads to other good decisions right um normally you kind of get to a point where if you drink you're like oh yeah I'm gonna do this because well I have liquid courage um now it's it's working out and kind of putting myself in a, a therapeutic state. And the gym's always been a place I've turned to mm-hmm. because it's full control. When right. you have control over your life, there's comfort. Right. And because of that, um, I, I can control not only how strong I am, how I look, um, for some people to defend themselves, but for me, it gives me um, a, a feeling of usefulness because I can help other people with that. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, I've kind of taken my negatives and used them as uh, a positive ripple effect for other people because there's other people going through it, and I think a lot of people are surprised when I mention all the stuff that I'm going through. Well, yeah. And if I can find a way to do it, I'm sure that other people um, can find positivity in it. It's all about knowing what's going on inside somebody. Everybody has an inner struggle. And if I just walked in and saw you at the gym, you scream your face off. I mean, you know, we have a good time. We laugh and we joke in the gym, but you never think there's anything wrong with you on the inside. I would think, I was a totally normal dude. Nothing going on. But you have your own struggles inside that you deal with. Have you thought about going to a doctor or getting medication or anything like that? Is that something that's on your horizon yeah, to help I, with? I actually just went to a doctor. Good. Um, because it's so easy for me to, to help other people with their problems. And you're like, yeah, you should do this. And then you look in the mirror and you're like, my problems are quite difficult. I'd rather help somebody else. Right. It's always easier when you have a team doing things versus um, looking in the mirror and admitting to yourself like, hey, this is kind of out of your control. Yeah. And after my anxiety attacks this year, um, I had maybe one in the past ever. I've had three this year, and um, you don't realize how it all piles up. So, How I does think, an anxiety attack feel for somebody that hasn't had one before? 
I've never had one before. What does it feel like? Uh, I can't really describe it as a heart attack because one, I've never had one of those. Okay. But a lot of it is you can't breathe, you can't catch your breath. Um, kind of holding your breath underwater. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I, I've done crisis intervention for years, so I know some, like some of the methods uh, to, to help people. What are some so, of those methods? Um, a real big one is autogenic breathing. It's also known as box breathing. Okay. Where you inhale for four seconds, you hold your breath for four seconds, you exhale for four seconds, and then you hold your breath for four seconds. And what that does is it lowers the heart rate because when you have a panic attack, um, your heart rate elevates. And by doing so, it actually helps you to deal with stressful or traumatic situations as they're occurring. Yeah. Um, do you ever have thoughts of suicide? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Not, not so much recently. Um, I'll, I'll be completely honest on it. There's times where um, when I was younger, I cut myself. I thought the world would be better without me. Um, just even last year before I left law enforcement, I had a back injury, and with the gym being my uh, kind of my solace, I had a point where um, I loaded a pistol, set it in my lap after drinking, and just stared at it for three hours, cried, and that was probably the lowest moment I had, and that was a deciding factor for me to come back to training. Did you get, in that moment, who did you reach out to? No one. No one? No. I kind of played it off as other things. Um, told people that the stuff was going on and they believe that so if there's anybody that's going to be listening to this be honest yeah because it's so easy to say like hey you know this is going on this is why I'm depressed but you don't want to say hey uh, this is what I did because automatically people assume like hey uh, this guy's got issues and yeah. you feel that they look at you differently even though you may be a positive focus in their life you I, I guess the fear that you have is how they perceive you after that mm-hmm. because these are people are they gonna, care about are they going to look at me differently because I thought about taking my life absolutely and that's where the stigma comes in people are like oh I'm, you're going to be ashamed of myself people are going to judge me they're going to think I'm dumb and I'm weak yep. and that goes back to the whole stigma of people saying that you can't talk about it and you got to be open about it and that's why I like being open about it and I thank you for being open about it um, and I'm glad that you're doing better and I hope that you really are doing better um, <laughs> I am but uh, Life has given me some curveballs. Yeah. Um, have you seen This Is Us? I have seen This Is Us. There's that it's one the, doctor. The greatest reason to cry. It is. <laughs> uh, there's that doctor that's on there. And the, the one thing that sticks with me, and anybody that's seen it knows that uh, this doctor kind of looks at life from a different perspective because of things he's been through. But he says, you know, take the sourest lemon that life has given you and try to make something that resembles lemonade. And I think that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Because, like I was talking about with that ball of yarn, yeah, you, you have something that you can do something with. It's all there. Yeah. However, it may not be exactly what you want it to do or what you want it to be, but um, you can make something awesome out of it. Yeah. So somebody that struggled with anxiety and depression and suicide, even thoughts, what would you say to somebody that's struggling with that and how they can move forward with it and they can be more open with it, kind of like you're being right now? Mm-hmm. I think the first thing is forgive yourself. It, it's not your fault. Um, you can't help what you're going through. There's outside influences. But along with that, as far as forgiving yourself, also do something for yourself. Because the first step is honestly looking yourself in the mirror and just knowing that you have this stuff going on. There's a way to get through it. But you ultimately have to find a way to, to put yourself in a position where you can get, you can get help, you can be better. Yeah. Um, but first you have to forgive yourself because a lot of times people will blame themselves and that's why they're in that position. 
So I think that'd be my first step. And then after that, it's it's talking about it, having an open conversation. Mm-hmm. Because if there's anything you care about in your life, you talk about it. Yeah. I mean, if there's somebody in your life that you want to stay in your life and you guys could go through an argument, you don't just argue and walk away and then you're like, well, I'm, I'm going to kind of hope that it comes back. Right. No, you, you work towards it. Uh, it's the same thing with yourself. Have a relationship with yourself. Yeah. And just being honest, um, being truthful, finding the, the realm in which that you're comfortable. Yeah. And then kind of um, find something to cleanse your mind. Yeah. For me, it's it's working out. I'm in control. For some people, it's drawing or doing, making music. Some people, it's skydiving. Nope. Some people, it's you know playing golf, finding something that makes you happy, that takes your brain away from that and helps you be more therapeutic, I guess you could say. Yeah. And always ask for help because there's people that are willing to listen. So, Joe, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. And thank you for your service as well. You've been in the Army. You've done a lot of good for the country as well and for for us. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you. And being another guest on Mental Health Monday at Open Flame. Thanks again, Joe. Afterwards, he wishes he would have given his contact information because of his background in crisis management. So Joe asked me to give out his email. It's talatzkotraining, T-A-L-A-T-Z-K-O, training at gmail.com. Maybe you identified with his story. Maybe you wanted to reach out. He said, feel free to. There's always somebody listening, either with him, myself. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. Or you can text hello to 741-741. Thanks again for tuning in to Mental Health Monday. Next week, we talk to somebody a heck of a lot smarter than me, Dr. Bradley Vreeman, the Chief Clinical Officer for Rogers Behavioral Health in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin breaks down the difference and the similarities between obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety disorders. That's all next week on Mental Health Monday. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Make good life decisions, all right? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.